Hello and welcome to the Legendary Leaders Podcast, where we chat all things leadership and personal development related, absolutely authentically and unscripted. On this podcast, my guests and I are going to introduce you to ideas and concepts that show how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage and motivate you on your journey to becoming a legendary leader yourself with more impact, influence and inspiration. So, are you ready for it? Welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I am your host of this show. Very, very delighted to have you back again here today and I have a serial entrepreneur with me today. Her name is White Dove Gannon and she's a business development mentor, a strategist, a speaker, a podcast host and a mom of five. Take this in. And she simply loves what she's doing. She loves serving her clients, but at the same time, she has really worked out a way to combine her personal life, her professional life, and her passions within those, making sure that she can serve the clients in the best possible way with a lot of energy, a lot of openness, And that she can only do by setting very clear boundaries, by having very clear strategies in her business as well, processes that work, and support, obviously, as well. Uh, She's supporting other women and other serial entrepreneurs, and she's very much focused on women entrepreneurs in general and helping them to really build businesses that are not only successful, but that fulfill their needs in their overall holistic life right, where they feel they can take the pressure out a little bit, they can be successful without necessarily investing 70, 60 hours a week. And where they do the same as White Dove has demonstrated in her life. So she is highly involved in the startup culture, for example, and leadership and overall entrepreneurship. And she believes that everyone has the opportunity to follow their entrepreneurial calling, should they desire to do that, obviously. She has a very community-minded approach and a strong ability to succinctly guide men and women with strategic tools, utilizing her process that has helped many entrepreneurs bridge the gap between their dreams and their desires. I got to know White Dove as someone who truly cares, who shows a ton of empathy towards others, who really wants to see you succeed. And who does it in such a really beautiful, real, authentic way. You can have a laugh with her. She's a super easygoing. And it's just absolutely fabulous to dive into a conversation with her. So I'm pretty sure you can sense that when listening to the episode. As always, I'd love to hear from you what you think about the episode and what you would like to hear more or less of. So do let us know in the reviews. Do leave a review, please, at the end of the show. Just log in onto iTunes, send me a message, whatever works best for you. But I'd love to hear from you. So enjoy the episode. And I speak to you in a moment. Bye. Hello and welcome. Why Dove? What a beautiful name, by the way. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. I'm excited to hang out with you today and jam on all things entrepreneurial. Yeah, all things entrepreneurial and female in particular. We have one thing in common. We work with women. You work with female entrepreneurs predominantly. I work with female leaders in organizations predominantly, but some entrepreneurs as well. And what I was really curious about when it comes to your business was how you actually ended up working with women and making this decision to say, you know what, 
this is the area I want to focus on and I really, really can give something back. So it originally started when I was building out an accounting practice and it came about, let's see, I've been entrepreneurial all of my adult life. Mm. I've had several businesses. My husband and I had a business. Uh, we did a sustainable farm. We did, I did multiple things. So I understand the life uh, cycle of an entrepreneur and even a serial entrepreneur. When I went, I, at one point I decided to be extremely smart and to create business inside of the accounting world. And inside of the accounting world, I didn't understand exactly what I was going to have for clients or who I was going to get. But I had women solopreneurs predominantly coming to me asking if I could help them with this one little thing that obviously is not their zone of genius. Hmm. So that's, that was where my first step of women entrepreneurs started congregating and I started seeing that there was a lot of solo entrepreneurs out there with a desire to learn something specific. Yeah. Now I was in the vein of accounting, helping them with the operational side of it, QuickBooks online, you know, making sure that they're at least keeping that piece of their business businessy and done for them. And, and I wasn't doing the done for them work. I was helping them make sure that they were set up to let the system generate the, the information for them. That being said, I recognized that there was a missing component inside of uh, entrepreneurial women and that we consistently are moving forward and that we really did not focus on the successes that we had because we were multitasking. We were building out our worlds. We were dual purposing with, you know, either raising a family or taking care of loved ones. There was a lot of facets that were going on inside of there that I was like, wow, we keep projecting forward like when I get to this point or once I get to this point or, you know, then I'll be able to either relax or then I'll be able to back off or then I'll be able to, you know, have a system in place. But until then grind, 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 nothing wrong with grinding, but I saw that there was a lack of women entrepreneurs celebrating their successes. Yeah. Now celebrating the successes of every day, the fact that they were in business, it wasn't a hobby. You know, it was a real business, but it was viewed as a hobby. You know, I mean, all of these different components that really drew together the, the, the problem that we don't recognize anything ourselves. You know, so when I decided that it was no longer time for me to continue with uh, the accounting world because that particular done for you service was not where I wanted to be. I could do it, but again, that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. And I am that unspoken success part, you know, that I didn't recognize it. Yes, I could do something, but is that what I was supposed to be doing and helping them find that is really where the female entrepreneur movement was birthed. And you mentioned quite a few bits and bobs from your own history. You call yourself a serial entrepreneur. You have been running businesses, I think you mentioned for over 20 years, right? You must yes. have started in preschool or something. <laughs> oh, you're so very kind. <laughs> and, and also along that journey, you gave birth to five children. Yes, we have five children. Absolutely. So that in uh, itself, so yeah, it's a huge achievement. It is, but it also is where I recognize that I was doing things for the sake of doing them and constantly projecting forward and yet not living in the moment, not understanding that what I had right now, I can enjoy. I was grinding and not enjoying what I was creating in businesses because I thought that that's what I needed to do to move to the point where I could have a life or, you know, I, and I'm putting air quotes on that, have a life, the life I wanted uh, to be able to make money to enjoy my children, to be present for them, you know, all of those things. But I was making money. I was, you know, 
somewhat enjoying what I was doing as I was rotating through. I mean, uh, the various businesses I've built, obviously each had its own little piece to it that made it very interesting, but I wasn't living in the present because I was physically present for my children. And that was my biggest, my why, if I want to use the common lingo, my why was because I wanted to be able to be home with my kids, raise my children, you know, do their homework with them when they come home from school, have conversations with them, all those things. And I wasn't, I still wasn't doing that. And that's what happened to my accounting business. I built myself a job and then it ended up, ended up overwhelming my time and taking more from the very reason I was doing it. So I was not in the present. And, and honestly, Measuring success and recognizing success as we go along means that we have to focus on the present. I was able to stay home with my children. I was fortunate. I built a side business that went into a full-blown business and I was able to be with them. You know, the reason I was doing it was exactly the reason or was exactly the outcome I was getting. I was disconnected with it. So hearing other stories in the online space and being able to talk to people, talk to women, share uh, successes, share examples of what works, all of those things, I found then I could find myself in that. And I figured, you know what? I bet other women could too. Beautiful. And it's so needed. I, I had a conversation with my other half and we got really excited about a new co-working space that's going to open nearby us that for the first time, which is unique in the UK, has not only the actual co-working space and a coffee shop in it, it's also got a playground, a crash, and so on in it so that you can bring your child or children and they are being looked after whilst you run a business and you can still connect in between. I was like, you're so excited and you build this life basically in your home. Yes, yes. And the missing component though was having those conversations on a consistent basis. That is a very well done model that you're explaining because then it doesn't divide you know, the woman entrepreneur from figuring out what to do with her children or her family or her loved ones. And then also running the business, she can see all of that together. That's an amazing, amazing model. And I applaud those that build that out because building that is not a small feat either. It's a business model that they're creating. So women entrepreneurs can have Mm -hmm. some of that common ground. But yes, in the earlier years, I built that in my own home, essentially, by having those conversations, finding those women entrepreneurs, bouncing the ideas off them. But there was a lot of solitary time preceding that, that I lost myself in, you know, and it's easy to lose yourself in those moments. It's easy to lose yourself in in feeling that isolation and feeling the, you know, just the constant go. Because when women entrepreneurs come off of their work time or their work day, it doesn't stop. You don't get to go sit down and, you know, just have no time to, or just have no responsibility to other things. There's children, there's dinner, there's groceries, there's chores, there's home, you know, it's job number two, you know, so being able to stop in the midst of it, enjoy each of the pieces so that I didn't wish all of that away. And that's a question I often ask my guests and the female guests in particular, how do you stop? Basically, when did you come to the realization that you don't live enough in the present and that you don't necessarily acknowledge your successes when you are on this treadmill of running and doing? Mm -hmm. So one of the most vivid moments that I can put to that is when I was sitting at a baseball game for our second oldest and I was replying to emails from clients as I was sitting at that baseball game on a Saturday. And I thought, this has to stop because my kids expect that mom is always working 
always working. So one, I'm giving them the example that entrepreneurship, you never stop. You can't take a break. You have to sit there and be constantly available. And number two, it was that I was again, not present for them. And they knew that, but they didn't know how to say that. So it was at that point that I decided that I was going to set boundaries around weekends. They were not going to be available. I can see and view email. I do not respond to the emails. I will respond on Monday. Mm-hmm. And that, that works for me. And I'm sharing this example because it works for me. The bigger piece to this is that boundaries have to be set. And I don't mean time blocking. You know, at 4 p.m. I'm going to stop or 3 p.m. I'm going to stop and I'm going to focus on the kids because we will overlap and we will justify overlapping. What I mean is by boundaries is what is absolutely critically important for you. And if your workload that you're taking on is because you need to make more money, so you're taking on that higher, you know, more, more quantity of workload versus being able to stop and spend the time with those kids, what happens there is then you're focusing on the financial aspect, hoping that that financial aspect is going to get you to the next level when you are missing the very reason why you're doing it. And I'm telling you, raising children, we've got ages 12 to 22, raising kids is a blip in the grand scheme of things. You know, I mean, the time factor inside of that, you only get so many years. Mm -hmm. I can run entrepreneurial businesses. I've been doing it for over 20 and I can continue to do that but I'm only going to have so much time with my kids. And the very reason why I'm doing this, I'm actually leaving behind me. So put boundaries, 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 boundaries. If that means that you have to here, and here's a ripple effect. If that means that you have to charge more for the outcome you provide your clients, no matter what it is that you're doing, then you need to charge more so you can be in that income area. So it doesn't squeeze the time from the very reason why you're doing this. But that also opens the door to believing in your worth. And it's not necessarily that I believe I'm worth this or this when I charge my clients or when I work with people. It's understanding the outcome that you provide and being able to be specific with that. So, I mean, it backs up. So being able to understand the outcome, knowing that that's going to have a return on investment for your clients, charging a a real uh, opportunity for that or packaging it in an opportunity that makes sense so that they can get the outcome for a smaller ticket, you know, for a smaller uh, investment, but then not encroaching on that time with your family that you're not present with them. I I can tell you right now on Sundays, not any particular reason, but I absolutely don't want to work. I don't want to do anything because I'm like, I really enjoy not having anything on my plate, not following up with emails. I'll get to them tomorrow. I'll get to them on Monday. You know, and my clients now at this point know that I don't, I don't communicate on Saturdays and Sundays because Saturday is an active day. We go do some Sunday. I want it to be down. I want it to be restful. I want us to be ready for the week. And I think so many people really need to hear that. Because as, as you mentioned beforehand, we are running, we are trying to fulfill all of these needs of others, being good enough, delivering, serving. I, I used to have that when I worked in corporate. I almost had a bad conscience. What means almost? I had it for not replying late at night, for not replying over the weekend and waiting until a Monday. And in the end, it's absolutely needed to also have this cut off time to really recover and be fully present as you said. Absolutely. Because we only get this one. You know, we yeah. have this one life living right now. And yeah. this is it. You know, so if we're constantly projecting to the future, if we're constantly moving towards uh, a very movable goal, 
and it does move. Every time we set the bar for ourselves and we start getting close to it, we see that we can actually obtain it or attain it. And then we scoot it more. Yeah. So we really never actually get to that point of arriving and saying, ah, I've arrived. Now I can enjoy life. Cause guess what? Now we don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. We're so used to the chase and so used to moving forward that we have to be able to see that now. And if that means that we set boundaries, then that means that we can choose what those boundaries are. We can shift those boundaries. We can have times where maybe we say, hey, guys, guess what? This weekend, I've got to get a few things done. I'm going to go ahead and do a few things, but this is just a one-time thing instead of it can be in a consistent. Yeah. You can choose to make choices of how you show up in that, but you absolutely know that you're making a temporary choice instead of it being just your life. What's important here is to understand where does your concern, and I would even say for some entrepreneurs, your fear come from the fear of stopping, the fear of potentially saying no to something. It's it's something very important to say, okay, is it money driven, financially Mm -hmm. driven? Or what, what else is in there in the guilt and so on and so forth. And to really, really dive into that. I'm pretty sure that is something you explore with your clients as well. If so, what are the key themes that you hear about from the women you work with? Very commonly values tied to productivity. And, and you'll see this a lot of, in a lot of the digital space too, that when we were working on creating something or building our business or, you know, figuring out how we sell to our clients, market to our clients, what we sell, what we market, you know, I mean, it runs all industries, but in finding specifically that if we are busy, we feel productive, but busy does not translate into income generation. And we have to separate the two and we cannot also use the same thought process that if I'm just putting in the grind now, I will make money down the road from this. It doesn't. And in fact, more often than not, does not show up that way because we get to that point and we overlook the very simple fact that what is the outcome that we are delivering? What is the outcome our clients want? What is the outcome we actually want? There's a big, big, huge thing there that so many clients, and, and this is, happens to be a topic that I run into all the time, is that not only is the outcome provided for the client, but what is the outcome for you? And I'll speak on the digital, uh, the digital product side of it because it's a hot topic right now with everybody wanting to get into the online space, is that spinning your wheels, building on an eight-week course to launch to your clients when you've never had a digital product before is going to be much more difficult to actually provide an outcome because we spend so much time creating that and trying to drop all of our information into an eight-week course. I'm using that one as an example. There's yeah, many different yeah. examples. But dropping it into that, that time frame, 20 years, because I've done this. I would be like, I need to build, help uh, women uh, be able to start businesses because I can't help everyone all at the same time. And some of them just need some of this information. So how do I take 20 years of entrepreneurial experience in the accounting world, the analytical world, the business creation of it, and the creativity side of it, and put it into an eight-week course? And so I'd spend time and money learning how to do that and how to create that, only to realize I don't even know how to deliver this because... I don't know if this is going to provide an outcome and I'm not really sure I actually want to be live for hours every single week. Uh, you know, which eight weeks am I going to do that in? You know what I mean? So finding really where that actually sits in starts now, starts now. What 
what do I want them to overcome? Let me start with something so very small that doesn't take up too much of my time because if I want to step into a new realm, then I want to be able to have something I can be certain that they can get that outcome in. You know, and, and so talking to my clients when I work with them or even in, in the podcast, uh, when I record on the podcast, being able to recognize something small. I ask a question all the time. What does success look like for you? And the answer varies, but nine times out of 10, it's not about making more money. It's about feeling that they lived an authentic life in the moment with purpose. And it's the one thing that we overlook all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree. And especially in the space where we get so much inspiration from social media, we have so many opportunities in the social media, not just social media, digital space. And yet it can be the biggest distraction and pressure source that we can find around us, comparing ourselves to others, putting ourselves under pressure to deliver something we are not even as huge as that sure about, not quite knowing how to approach it. Loads of people around us who talk about the seven figures, eight figures sometimes as well. And we're like, okay, I need to get there because everyone else is doing it, which is nonsense. And right. said, not understanding, why did I actually start on this path? What got me here? What are my drivers? Right? Right. And realizing so much of that desire to build a seven-figure income or even six-figure multi, so whatever the numbers are, they're really actually arbitrary because what is behind the desire to have that particular figure? You know, I mean, it's not even that figure. I can tell you from hitting multiple seven figures, hitting multiple six figures in various businesses and two separate businesses of mine, and then easily making money. I know I can create, generate income by, you know, learning a skill. That's the one thing, but I want to be in purpose. I want to be present. I want to live now. Yeah. I want to be here. But understanding that hitting benchmarks, monetary benchmarks are a great goal. But you will find, you listeners, will find that when you hit that or you get close to that, you realize that it still doesn't solve the problems that you are looking to solve, which is you want to feel purposeful. You want to change lives. You know you can. We, have, we all have an opportunity to change lives with our very journey of entrepreneurship or business building or corporate, any part of that. We have the opportunity in this amazing online world to change lives. But what does that specifically look like? And why is it then are we seeking a particular number? What is behind that number? Yeah, absolutely. And you have been talking about two parts of the business and of our being, really. One is to be present, right? Fully live in the presence and really be here in the moment. The other one, and that's important for any business, is strategy. Yes. So how do you bring both together when you work with those female entrepreneurs to say, yes, a strategy is important. We need to know where we go and the steps that they take us there but let's not forget about the moment. There has to be a strategy. And the analytical side of me, having been in, uh, built a corporation with my husband, having been in the accounting side of it, all of that is indicative of a strategy that is necessary. No way to absolutely go into this and wing it. You will spin your wheels for a period of time and that's to be expected, but you're not going to be able to figure out what specifically works for you sooner rather than later. So in the digital space, because we're in the digital space, I'll speak to that a little bit. 
again, I'm going to go back to not only outcome you're providing and how you provide it at various different digital uh, possibilities, even product possibilities and service-based opportunities, uh, the possibilities of how you build out your business, because it does span all of them. But understanding the outcome you provide at what level and depth that is at without being icky because there's uh, like the funnel approach right now is mm -hmm. dump a bunch of people in here on something small get them to purchase and on an upsell and then get them to purchase on an upsell again it all translates into the desire to make money I get it but that method is icky and it's all about kicking the next upsell what about providing a particular outcome that the clients know that that's what they want that's what they need and that's what they're going to get. And you, the entrepreneur, deciding how you're going to package that itself, whether it's through a product, whether it's through a service, whether it's through digital knowledge, however that works, packaging the particular outcome, but then learning to speak to that particular outcome instead. That's the strategy. Making sure that you learn to speak to the particular outcome at the price point you want it to be at. Nothing wrong with having brand awareness on a lead generation, something that people opt in for. That's what I created my podcast for is I wanted to have a reason to be out there and share the movement for women entrepreneurs. That is what I invest in. I do not take sponsorships in, but I do put it out there for that purpose. That is my form of a free lead in opt in. People get to know who I am. Low ticket, give them the outcome. Only speak to the outcome they're going to get, but it can be a micro outcome. It doesn't have to be a big outcome. If you have a product, it can be tied to a particular product that is cheaper for people, easier to opt in and get to experience you and your service or you and your product or you and your knowledge, you know, and then you build from there. It's not this all or nothing. Yeah. And it's not, Hey, I need to go create a course with a backend membership. That's going to be perpetual until the day I die. I launched three memberships, three different types of memberships. The first one I spent thousands of dollars building out. And then I realized one, that one wasn't, wasn't scalable. That was my mistake. It was because I didn't know I built an amazing program that was a membership type model that wasn't going to be able to scale. I was never going to be, have, be able to have more than 50 people in it because it was time intensive on my knowledge and I built it the wrong way. It was my experience that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Now at the same time, building a different type, I tried it one way. And then I tried it another way. So I launched three different times, three different memberships. And I realized I actually don't want what's considered a membership. That's not the model for me. That, I mean, there's people that it is. There are people that it's not. But understanding that just because someone says you can go out there and make X amount of dollars with this product or this service or this type of uh, digital learning does not necessarily mean that that fits for you. So going back to what I said, what is the outcome you desire? Yeah. Not just the outcome for your people that are going to work with you, because they will. There's no lack of people that will work with somebody. It will automatically happen if you put the time in, obviously, long or short. But it's not selfish to think, what is the outcome for me? What does the outcome look like if I'm going to have a membership? What does the outcome look like if I'm going to host virtual parties for something? What does the outcome look like that I'm going to consistently have to sell this particular thing over and over and over? What's the outcome look like if I need to launch something that's going to take three months to build out and needs to have a team? I don't want to have a team. That's not in my vision of how I want to be in my world with my children, with my family, with my loved ones, with my clients even. What is my outcome? It's not selfish to think that because if you know what the outcome is, you can provide at what level you provide it, then you can put a dollar figure to it. And then also I can adjust the outcome of time and purposeful living 
that I desire. So it has to be a strategy, but it's not a one size fits all template. Yeah. I love what you're saying. I'm surrounded by so many different entrepreneurs and I'm very, very grateful for it. What you've just said, I find very calming. And I have another wonderful person, a coach in my um, network. And she said to me, you know, I've experienced so much in my life and my children are key priority. My success in my business is another key priority. I need that. I love that. I love to work with other people. But for me, success also means I can do that in four hours a day. And then the other yes. four hours are dedicated to my children. So I'm not going to start tons of different services and products. I focus on the core products that I can really thrive at and I can help my clients thrive in. Right. And it was so clear, so simple and so powerful. It is. And we just, we, we ingest so much digital information And as creatives, creatives struggle with this more than anybody, but most entrepreneurs have some sort of creativity streak. It's hard to deny that piece of it because we can visualize and and be visionary and see what's possible and then go after and create it some way, shape or form. But in that creativity, we also have shiny object syndrome. We just do, you know, so it's just like, oh my goodness, maybe this helps me get this outcome for me quicker by doing it this way, but quicker by doing it this way, and I'm putting, again, air quotes on it, quicker by doing it this way means maybe it's going to take me three months to figure this out, a bunch of new stuff. Does that make sense for the outcome you desire today? Are you in that time in your life where you can dedicate to that? So stepping back, thinking, being intentional, and not buying on impulse, not buying in to a thought process or a template or the way to do it that's hot right now, thinking, thinking about what is your outcome and making sure that that's still fitting into that priority outcome of how you wanna show up in the world. But like you were just saying, I'm gonna have four hours, yes. There are people that want to be able to spend that time with their family, that want to be able to have a simplistic business model, and it does exist. So my suggestion on that to anyone listening is that if you feel like it's becoming overwhelming, it's becoming a lot, and the training or the lessons or you know the, the guru you signed up for at the particular moment to learn a thing for your business starts making you feel like you're not learning fast enough or, or you're not retaining the information good enough, don't worry about that. You yeah. will retain it. You will be able to come back to it. Take what it is right now and roll with that, but do not, do not bridge that boundary of you and living purposefully in the moment right now. Lovely message. Yes. Hell yes to that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Intentional living, right? Boils down to intentional living all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, let's take the pressure off a little bit. And and again, just listen to what your gut is telling you, what you really, really want. If something is off, you wrote so nicely about your experience on your website there, you will feel it something doesn't quite feel right, then let's explore what that is. That's the key. Listen to yourself, to your own inner voices. Absolutely. And there's many different ways to do that. Just take the bits and pieces as you choose to learn from those you choose to learn from. Yeah. Take it, in, in including the broad online world itself, the digital world itself, as you consume information, as you Google search something. You know, if you take the next learning opportunity with somebody or you, you know, purchase a template to help ease some of that creation of whatever it is you have, as you consume this stuff, just realize that you don't have to do all or nothing. You can take bits and pieces of that and combine it with bits and pieces of something else. See what it is that you're learning 
and you're meant to learn in what, what you've been drawn to. And then you will figure out what that looks like specifically for you. And then that's what gets to set you apart from all the noise online is because you're not just copy and pasting something or copy and pasting knowledge that you're gleaning and figuring out. You are now allowing your voice to say this bit with this bit with this bit of knowledge and you create how you show up in the world. It's so much easier that way. Yeah. And it's about you, how you show up. Beautiful. I want to talk a little bit more about leadership with you because uh, on your website, in um, your podcast, you refer to leadership very, very frequently. And you have just been talking about quite a few traits of successful leaders. In particular, you are talking about bold leadership. So tell the audience a bit more about what is it to be a bold leader out there? So much of being bold, I had to first be bold for myself. I had to, and be my first idea of being bold was setting boundaries, mm -hmm. saying yes and no, and not trying to do all things. Being a fixer by nature, I would take on so many things and then burn myself out. I had to be bold and stand up for me first as I would stand up for my children, for my siblings, for my loved ones, for family, you know, for friends, all of that. I would definitely stand up for them, but I wasn't showing up for myself the same way. So bold leadership absolutely starts with you has to start with you because if you don't understand where you are, then you will, uh, we will not understand how you're encroaching on yourself as a leader. And then you don't end up showing up as a leader. Yeah. You end up taking a back seat and you end up not having the precedence of being the, the forward maker, the go-getter, the person that's going to strive for something, but show how it's done right, show how it's done proper and show how it's not done spamming. Every single industry that we have out out there that we have women entrepreneurs in that we know what looks good what sounds good what feels good and what uh, what appears good but we can change the the icky parts of it we can show up as a leader inside of our industry we can show up as a leader in the type of business that we have by making certain bold stands that share what is good share how is proper and share how it encumbers everything as a leader that we individualize leadership We can make leadership be who we are, but understanding that it starts with us first is really the first piece to being a bold leader because that's a hard one. That's the hardest hurdle is to stand up for you first because we feel like it's selfish. We feel like it's like I'm letting everything else go and I'm thinking on me. That's not true. That's you putting a de definitive line out there saying, this is who I am. These are my strengths. I acknowledge my weaknesses. I shore those up. I'm okay with having, uh, you know, being strong here and not strong here. I just bring in what I need in order to be the whole package for myself. Sometimes it's lear learning. Sometimes it's reading. Sometimes it's taking a day to be by myself and have someone watch the kids or have them cared for. Sometimes it's, you know, being, being present for me also, you know, and so then I can show my children that I do take a moment for me. Mom doesn't run and drain herself all the way down every single day. I do, I'm still human and it's still a tendency to do so, but I don't drain myself all the way down. I will take a moment to recharge and that's okay. That's acceptable because to lead, you have to be able to lead you. Yeah, I'm fully with you. Everything I do, I teach starts with us called self-leadership and it's the key. It's the absolute starting point. At the same time, what I would like to add to what you just mentioned, particularly the piece about we feel selfish, is this sensation that shows in women 
to not talk about our successes, mm-hmm. to not go out there and share what we actually need. And that can be the boundary setting, by the way, as well, to say no to something. Is that something you observe with the clients you work with as well? This, nah, I'm not going to talk um, about this. I just get on with it. Ah, it's nothing what I'm doing here. Playing small quite a bit? Yes, playing small and minimizing successes. And that is why I do draw that one question out in many different forms when I ask women, uh, when I interview, because I specifically, specifically want to hear them acknowledge success. I want to hear them acknowledge that for themselves and for the listeners, but I want them to vocalize that because when we speak it, we have a tendency to remember a little bit differently than when it's up here in our head that we're like, yes, yes, yes. Success, success. We, I understand. Yeah. You know what? Someone said I look successful, but when I had my accounting business and I built it to multi six figures, wasn't even paying attention to it. I had people saying, Oh my gosh, you are so successful. You were amazingly successful. And I was like, I hate what I'm doing. I love my clients, but I built something that I don't love and I'm ready to walk away from it. But yet everybody's telling me this is what success looks like. Mm. And inside, that's not success to me. So I was like, ooh, there's a massive disconnect here on what success is from what the outside perceives it. And I shouldn't have the outside tell me what success is. I need to build from what my internal success is. And so then I had to say, okay, what is that? What is that then? And that was a learning journey for me because great, six figures in you know eight, nine months in that particular business didn't matter. That wasn't success. And that goes back to me saying that that number, understand what that number behind what you're trying to achieve in your business means to you because that wasn't success. It looked as such and I could have gone down the road of that. But internally, I was just like, I'm spending less time with my kids. I have no time off. I'm constantly on the go. I'm not even seeing my extended family very often because I'm working all the time. So I have no boundaries. Who am I? You know, I mean, it was just all of those things. What is that? So understanding inside what success is for you and then working from the inside out is really, really big. Yeah. Exactly. For those of you who follow me on social media, that was a massive, massive focus last week, actually. Uh, I literally asked this question every day. What does success mean to you? Because if you wake up in the morning and you feel miserable about the day to come, then that's not success. You can take hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds home, but if it makes you feel miserable, then something has got to change. And the person in the driving seat is you. You can get all the support in the world to help you with that. But someone has to say, I need help. I'm not happy with the life I'm living. Something has to change and I need someone to figure it out with. And that's exactly what people like White Dove are here for, to help you with it. Lovely. Last question for you, or basically a nice ask for you is, what one really, really top tip amongst all the top tips that you have already provided would you leave the audience with? Be in love with you. Be in love with yourself. Maybe I'll expand on that and give you a strategy tip as well. But on a personal note, you have this one particular moment to make a difference and you can make many differences in many lives, including yours. So be in love with you and don't consider it selfish because at the end of the day, you have to, like you said, wake up and enjoy your life. And you can do that. It can happen. So be in love with you. On a business strategy side, I'll give you a tip on that one to make sure that I'm covering 
all the little bases and not being, you know, too woo or too soft on the other one. On a business strategy side, the number one tip that I always, always, always love the most and find is lacking is that women entrepreneurs need to understand what it is that is going to be strategically successful in their business. So if it's going to be making X amount of dollars, write that out and go figure out how you're going to find that efficiently. If it's going to be spending time with people, change how you price things, but make it strategic and understand what you're creating. If it's going to be moving into the digital online space, then not trying to absorb 500 hours of online learning in order to create the one thing go create the thing because you already have the knowledge. You already have the tools and the resources in you and the years of experience to actually go launch a thing. So be free and be willing to go say, I have this thing. I know what it's going to do to change people's lives and go do it. Yeah. Put action out there instead of building. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much for brilliantly energetic conversation with so many tips in it. Uh, I have no doubt that the audience is going to take a really, really valuable insights with them. Thank you so much for it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been my pleasure today. I obviously want the listeners to know where they can find you and find out how they could work with you if they wanted to. So do let us know. Where can people find you? You can find me at whiteof-gannon.com. That's my website. That has a form. You can always just shoot me a question if you want. I answer all my own personal emails, and that goes there. But if you just really want to have a conversation, I'm happy to do that. You can reach me on any of the social media channels. Facebook is my favorite, but it's White of Gannon on Facebook as well. And shoot me a message. I answer all of them and I don't hold back. I'll, you know, I'll, I will connect. We could have virtual coffee. I will answer questions for you. I'm just happy to see people grow. Women actually move forward and move out of the stuck space and be able to actualize what it is they're wanting to create. Brilliant. Thank you. So if you kind of find yourself in that space where you say, I would love to have a virtual coffee with White Duff and have a, an open chat about the situation you find yourself in, then now is the moment take charge, take action and have this conversation, get in touch. If you have any other questions on topics related to leadership, self-leadership, then do let us know, get in touch with either of us anytime. We would love to hear from you and just know what are the topics that really inspire you, but also what are the topics that concern you and you just want to have a bit of an input on. As always, don't forget to leave us some feedback, right? So that we know what can we do more for you as well, what's working well, what's not working too well. So help us here a little bit. We are all women supporting each other and it's absolutely important that uh, we continue doing so. I hope you have a fantastic day today. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I can't wait to speak to you again next week. Take good care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Legendary Leaders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show, either on iTunes, Spotify, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com, so that you can hear more about our next episodes. I would also love to hear from you. To discover what topics you'd like to listen to on this podcast, please head over to kathleenmerkel.com forward slash podcast and let me know. You can also find me on Facebook in the Legendary Leaders Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to connecting with you again on our next episode of the Legendary Leaders Podcast. Take care. Bye.